Welcome to the Model Car Podcast, a bi-weekly show about building scale model cars. This show is brought to you by the generous financial support of our Patreon backers. Our Patreon supporters get access to our behind-the-scenes Slack channel, patron extras, and even a chance to be on the show. If you can help support the show, please visit the supporters page on our website, modelcar.show. If you would like more talk about model cars, please join our Facebook group or our Slack workspace. Hello and welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name is Justin Twyford. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, John Dazan. How are you doing today, John? Pretty good. Great. Uh, this is episode 60, Barbarians at the Bench, as I've called it. <laughs> We're going to talk to John about how he builds and compare that to how I build and we'll see which one of us is actually the barbarian. But until uh, then, we will start with our normal stuff. John, what you've been working on, buying, ordering, reviewing, all that good stuff this week or the last two weeks? <laughs> well, building stuff, other stuff, no. <laughs> building, uh, the 70 and a half Z28 is finished. The 97 Ford Crown Victoria Police Interceptor is finished except for its light bar, which is on order. And the number 88 Quality Cares Ford Thunderbird is finished. I think that's enough for a two-week period. <laughs> and, and I think you, you posted those. I don't know if you finished them all, but you posted them all in one day. Well, I post the Thunderbird. The Thunderbird isn't finished. Well, it's supposed to be finished. That's right. It's not. It needs exactly one more piece. It needs the exhaust dump. Darn. <laughs> you haven't seen okay. that one what yet. What was the other car? You posted three cars. You're missing one. The, the Mayura. Yes, that was right. The Mayura. I was very, I was very impressed that you were so productive and also then felt very bad because I wasn't. <laughs> it happens. Cool. Uh, any thoughts on any of the ones you built and finished? Anything you liked? Anything you didn't? Uh, the Z, <laughs> that's got an awful, awful, awful tight fit for the chassis, but that's it. And honestly, I know they said they've re-engineered some of the parts, some of that kit. There's a bit more re-engineering mm -hmm. they could do. Uh, the Crown Vic is Lindbergh's snap together kit from 1997. I'd painted it like 18 years ago. Yeah, the paint <laughs> was dry. <laughs> but I've learned a lot in 18 years when it comes to painting. And if I was doing, if I'd been picky about it, I would have stripped the paint and done, started all yeah. over again. Uh, the Ford Thunderbird, on the other hand, the Quality Cares Thunderbird, surprisingly, given how old that kit is, the paint isn't that bad. Actually, it might even be better than the Crown Vic's. And and believe it or not, it was done with enamel. How many years ago was that? <laughs> it's nineteen ninety seven, so it was painted in ninety seven, ninety eight. So more. Than okay, so years it's ago. finally dry then. Yeah, it's finally dry. <laughs> but I also a note for myself and for anybody else: if you've got an older kit with older decals, eh, don't let that happen. Do something quick about the decals. That's all I'm going to say. I've I've learned lessons. I've tried things on it. It's not perfect. No, it's never going to go to a show. Yes, I'll show pictures of it, and I'll be happy with it like that. Uh, so what uh, problems did you have, and what did you do to fix them on decals? Because that's obviously... Yeah, that's obviously the challenge. <laughs> it's, like I said, it's 97, 19, 1997 decals, and they're AMTs at that, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if I'd ever built an AMT cup car before, but... I figured the decals are this old. I should clear coat them so that they stand a better chance of working. Well, 
Yeah, and but clear coating them, stiffen them up if you get if yeah. you get what I mean. Yeah. So what did you I coat had, them with? Uh, Tamiya Clear TS thirteen. Oh, the lacquer. Yeah, the interesting. Lacquer. Yes, but yeah. Yeah. So they did not conform particularly well, I'm guessing. They didn't really want to, so I had to do digging in my toolbox because I knew somewhere, somewhere, somehow, there was a hairdryer in this house. <laughs> not something that I have a need for. No, and I've never used one myself <sighs> either, so. But uh, yeah, found it, tried it. Okay, now that I know how, you know, over several different decals on the car, now I have a good idea of how to properly use a hairdryer to help decals conform to the surface and for the next time i get to this i'll know what to do better cool very cool that and lots of setting solution that and lots of setting solution although i found honestly uh you know put the decal down normally which all which includes for me using the cotton swab to help push it into the surface then heat it up a little bit or heat it, heat it up considerably <laughs> and then add some decal set on top of that after you've taken away the heat yeah that's not so bad okay good I'll be interested to see. I don't think I've seen the the T bird pictures yet. So, no, you haven't seen it yet because it's sitting. It's upside down on its bench, waiting for the uh, exhaust the exhaust dumps mm. to come. It's supposed to happen this morning, but I got well, got to do this, got to do that, got to talk this. to me. Yeah, got to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't mm. happen. Cool. It was supposed to. Uh, so, what are you working on cool. now? Have you started anything new, or are you just kind of waiting for uh, the bench to clear? The. <laughs> There's something else we'll talk about in a minute, but I'm also working on finally doing the decals on the, on the, uh, wins. Oh yeah. GT. I think I saw a picture of that too. I've, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You might've seen a picture of that. Yeah. With two decals on it. That's where it stopped because I decided let's finish the Thunderbird first. Very cool. I know all about decals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Somebody was busy playing Twitch yeah. yesterday. So last weekend I, I lost the entire weekend. Uh, my dryer broke and my wife of course said, it's an old dryer. Let's buy a new one. And I said, no, I can fix it. So armed with YouTube, I figured out how a dryer <laughs> works. Famous last Famous words. Last words. Hmm. Uh, I had parts of that dryer. I have a very small laundry room. I've got an old house, right? I've complained about how small it is. So every part to the dryer, it was down to basically just the two sides and the back and everything else was ripped out of it. But I fixed it. Cost me about 30 bucks and I was pretty happy, but I lost the entire day. I lost Friday night and Saturday. That's the yes. problem. Say <laughs> It saved you, it cost you $30, but how much did it really save you? With all the time that you uh, put in, probably saved it. me eight hundred bucks, and I was happy to not pay eight hundred bucks okay. for a brand new drawer, uh, especially because I had to replace my washer a couple of years ago. And new washers are nowhere near as effective. They're all power smart and environmentally friendly, which means they take forever. I didn't want a dryer that doesn't dry. So anyway, uh, no Twitch last mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, I did go live this weekend. More for the heck of it, I want to force myself to get some time at the bench so i go live 10 o'clock to noon that seems to be a time that my wife isn't complaining about too much which is good <laughs> and the princess is quiet yeah so. it seems to work uh so i went there yesterday and was working on my 206 because i want to clear that off my bench uh lots of decals found out all kinds of new and exciting things it is really hard 
um, modeling when people are watching you. <laughs> uh, I made all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> Working I mistakes. dumped, because part of it is I've got like wires above my bench where I don't normally do that. So I dumped actually half a bottle of Microset on my bench. Tisk. That was embarrassing. Tisk. Uh, I decided, you know, I've got the, I don't use a hairdryer. I use a embossing tool. <laughs> it doesn't use a hairdryer. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's, it's like a, uh, it's a craft embossing tool. Like it's like a hairdryer, but it's a little bit more pointed than a hairdryer. Hairdryer gets everything, you know, is, is a lot of air. Everything goes wild. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and the hairdryer, whatever spills off where you want it can get your fingers rather warm rather quickly. <laughs> Ask me how yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I did something smart because I was been lazy and trying to, how do I say this? I, I have my phone set up to film down on my, on my workbench and mm-hmm. I wanted to actually just blow dry. And of course I melted apart a little bit. It's, it started to droop, oh. you know, it, uh, it needed a little blue pill. Let's put it that way. So I had to get, uh, my, uh, um, fingers and my try try and pry it back up before it dried so it's fu- it's fine it's not perfect but it's fine uh but i learned not to do that again so next time if anybody's watching i'm not going to blow dry where you guys can see it it'll it'll be moving uh but it was fun I, I had fun thank you to everybody that stopped by it was uh, a lot of fun uh, you know it's a small group but hey it's something new so i'm gonna try and do that every week oh dear i'm sorry i'm still laughing Yes, it was having to pry it back up before it dried. (laughs) It was a handbrake (laughs) and it kind of went, the tip of the handbrake went, anyway, you can imagine. Uh (laughs) Don't draw us a picture. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. I can't (laughs) stop laughing. It's like, oops, dang. (laughs) Bump my microphone. (laughs) that's okay all right john let's talk about what's happening in the hobby since the last time it's been a busy couple of weeks let me me catch my breath that's the first that's a good laugh i haven't had one like that in some time oh dear okay phew yes okay so uh i don't know if i told you all about what was going on with me and my fine scale modeler subscription had i done that last time you said that you were having some challenges getting the magazines themselves Yes. Okay. And the eventual decision that I decided I wanted to go to that time was to go mm-hmm. digital. And once finally, once finally got them convinced that, 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 you know, that was the way to go. No problems in doing it digital. I love doing it digital, which is cool. So, uh, this is Sunday. I guess it was Friday. I got my new digital copy of the May issue of fine scale modeler. And on the editor's page, they've announced that if you, are getting the print version of the magazine, you're going to be getting the digital subscription now free. Interesting. Yeah. So to me, that's sort of sounding like maybe they want the print version to go away. How do you uh, get the, how do you access the digital subscription? Okay. There's a, uh, there's an app by the name of Zinio and that's how Kambach works it. You, 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 you know, you make out, make your, an account on Zinio using the same email that you're contacting Kambach with, and there's your subscription. Making third party apps making uh, 
uh, tracking cookies and all that stuff. Yeah, but but you got, remember, it's on an Apple, so it's only going to go so far. Uh, no, not right? once you give them all the information. No. Zinio, Zinio has no information. Well, they have mine. your email and they have your password. They have. And they know. There's no, there's no password. Just, just an, email, an email and they'll automatically. Okay. I don't know, but uh, uh, it's a little sketchy for me. But anyway, it is what it is. Mm. It is what it is. The best part, hey, I'm not getting any younger. My eyes are getting older. And, uh, you know, you can, realistically, you can only hold the magazine so close to your face and get your eyes to focus on the picture, right? When you're trying to see details and it does get pixelated. Using the app, <laughs> you can blow it up like any other picture on the internet. And holy Toledo, I've been missing a lot for years. <laughs> Uh, cool. So I, I guess my question about fine scale, I, the last time I saw one was a couple of months ago. I saw one on a grocery store shelf and, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it had just one car article and it wasn't anything that appealed to my tastes. What's in the new version? Is it exciting enough that you would recommend people getting a digital subscription? Or even picking up the paper edition? Well, it depends. I. I've glanced at it. I can't really, I know there's a car article. I can tell you who the car article is by. I can't tell you what the subject is because I've forgotten. I'm sorry. It's by, Hey, come on. It's by Tim Boyd. So if you like how Tim Boyd builds and writes, there's a good article in there, but sadly only one car article. In yeah. That's uh, that's a lot of money for one article. Even though Tim's yeah. a great. Tim's a great guy. There's no questions about his modeling abilities. Yeah. That's for sure. That's just a lot of extraneous fluff for one article. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, you know, Tim, Tim's one of those guys, I think that throws things into books at some point too. So. Yeah, that's completely possible. Completely possible. Interesting. All right. Uh, what's Revel up to John? They had a, a video thing. Yes. There's a video and the link is going to be in the show notes guys for the, uh, there's a video of a guy from England whose pages through the 2021 full catalog. Wow. <laughs> and now mind you, full catalog means everything, not just cars, but trucks, airplanes, boats, everything that Ravel makes, including radio control, including some other stuff you might be surprised on. I was, I know I was surprised. Uh, they're making a lot more now than they're, I don't say they're expanding their line of paint yet, but they are making a lot more tools than just, you know, knives and paintbrushes. So if you're interested, uh, you can go take a look in the video, or you can listen to me continue to yap about what I've gleaned from looking at, looking through it for you for cars and trucks. This is what we've got coming. There's a Volkswagen type two bus and camper, both as new tools. We've talked about the bus, but I've never seen the camper. I don't recall the camper. I think we talked about it because it had the pop-up roof. Okay. Well, I got, it must be just me then that didn't catch it. Oh, well, minor detail. Uh, we probably talked about the Fent F20 diesel tractor too. Mm, yes. It's a tractor. It's a tractor. That's your area. The, okay. Then you'll, these two have got to be for you, right, Justin? Oh, of course. The 911, the Porsche 911 G Targa and the 911 G Coupe. Ah, point at the front, round at the back. There you go. <laughs> Supposed to be new tools, according to, from what I could understand of the catalog. In one sixteenth scale, there's the Porsche 356 Cabriolet. Sixteenth scale. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty big. 
Very interesting. If it were the coupe, I might be interested in it because my family doctor who just retired had one at one time. Hmm. A long time ago, it seems, but <laughs> I've been looking for <laughs> looking for a kid of one ever since. <laughs> An affordable kid. Yeah, I was going to say the Fujimi makes a 24 scale enthusiast version. Yes. And they're beautiful, but try finding one <laughs> where you don't have to give up half your half a leg or oh, something. I can actually see a couple of them from here. Oh, of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about the Jaguar E-Type Coupe. Well, there's a Roadster to go along with it, which we pretty much figured out mm-hmm. anyway. The Ford GT Le Mans 1968 is a limited edition. What that means, don't know. And we still don't know whose tool that is either. No, we really don't. We still, I, I mean, I'm still leaning toward the fact that it might, it's probably a Fujimi, but can't prove it. Yep. Uh, a pair of Volkswagen Type 1s, a bus with new parts, and a the Type 1 van, I believe, with Dr. Dr. Oetker details. Yeah, we've talked about that one, I think, before. And we've had links, I think, in the show notes to those. So if you go into the, our yeah. our website and search for those, you should be able to find them. And also coming, a little bit more interesting to me, is a DLK 23-12 Mercedes-Benz model 1419-1422 ladder truck. Ooh, fire truck. Cool. I would not have got that from all those numbers and letters. Oh, the, the, hey. <laughs> At one time, I knew what DLK stood for, so. <laughs> uh, haven't got a clue. But is that a new one? A, a big one? little one? Uh, it's five, 10 ton truck size. <laughs> you tell me <laughs> new, eh, not the newest Mercedes cab, but I'm sure there's people out there who would love to get the model of it. I'm actually just, I have a 24 scale Mercedes Benz 15, 29 AF on my shelf there. So that's kind of a, I'm assuming it's probably a different version of something the same. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Tools, again, hitting just the high spots because there's an awful lot of tools, paintbrushes, different sizes, different shapes. They have a repair powder, which is a powder and a liquid. You put the powder where you want it, you drop on the liquid, and hmm, instant hard surface. Do you know any more details of what the powder's made from? Nope, didn't give any details. Just told you how to use it. Or what the liquid was? Nope. Hmm. Sounds a bit like micro balloons, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It works best with super glue. That's it. Words fail me today. <laughs> and mine are working oh, well. God. John has all the words. Oh, boy. Yes, there's also power neat. K-N-E-T-E. I'm Knet. I don't really don't know about that one. Knet. 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 Anyway, it looks like epoxy, the, the ribbon version of epoxy putty to me, you need two sections together. It hardens up and yeah, use it to fill holes or add on parts. Okay. Hey, if they were releasing that, they, they didn't actually need to uh, hold back the jaggy t- uh, coupe that they have, you know, that had the sinkholes. Mm-hmm. They could just sell their epoxy ribbon next to it. Yeah. We could have used that. Yeah. Hmm. Believe it or not, they have masking tape now too. Mm-hmm. And it looks suspiciously like Tamiya tape. <laughs> yeah, suspicious. A, a 20, 30% uh, premium like uh, they have on their paints. Yeah, quite possibly. I hope they don't do that, but it is what it is. 
They also, believe it or not, have airbrushes and compressors. All right. You're going to get rid of all your stuff and go to the new Ravel stuff just to be up with the, the cool kids. No, I love my Grex. Not going to happen. Very interesting that they're, they're expanding. Very much expanding. Very much. I mean, you know, I looked through the whole catalog. So what I'm going to say here applies after looking through the whole catalog. They're gunning for Tamiya. You know, Tamiya has educational toys, has radio control stuff, has military, both tanks and aircraft, model cars, model model motorcycles, model trucks, model, you know, mm-hmm. everything. It's basically the same ideas on the tape, the, the paintbrushes. Again, Tamiya has all this too, and all the neat tools, scribers and knives and wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's nice that they're offering a comprehensive lineup too, though. Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to throw my Tamiya stuff out. No, my Tamiya tools are wonderful stuff <laughs> until, until the Ravel stuff is proven to me. I'll stick with continue buying Tamiya tape. <laughs> Just as mm-hmm. one example. Do they have any weird designs for like tape dispensers? Kind of like their little boxy paint, uh, no, they, I didn't see any tape dispensers. It looked just like the refills, mm. which means a roll of tape in a plastic bag. Which are perfect replacements for Tamiya inside Tamiya's beautiful yeah, little plastic go. things that are really helpful for keeping the gunk off them. Yes, they are. Okay, interesting. We'll have to see what uh, our local stores carry on those. Yeah, it will be very interesting. Ah, coming soon from Meng Models. Mm-hmm. A one-ninth scale BMW R9T. This got me in trouble the other day, John. Yes, I know. Somebody spilled the beans about it before we got to the podcast. Mm. Hmm. Wonder who that was. I I know a couple of people that ride BMWs and that like BMWs, so I shared it with them, and apparently it was too public. John gave me a heck. (laughs) I don't know anybody who rides one, but I certainly heck know where I I can go to get to see some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the... The local detachment of the provincial police. <laughs> they run BMWs. Mm. Pardon me, but that's 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 an expensive bike. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't think it's that bad actually. I mean Harleys are expensive bikes too, so Yeah. True, and it does it will outrun a Harley, I'm guessing. Well, we won't go there. I have my I have thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you have. A you just don't look so. as cool riding one. Yes, I, I'm, I'm prejudiced, so we'll <laughs> we'll go there. Uh, this actually looks pretty cool. I don't have a price on this one yet because it's uh, just a new announcement. And coming soon. <laughs> That's all we yeah, know. It's a one night scale. Uh, when Meng goes all out on these, they are kind of expensive. I'm thinking sort of the H2 that they released last year here before. Uh, but if you're if you're into this, I'm sure the detailing will be fantastic on it. The R9T. Cool bike. Mm-hmm. Coming. Not coming soon, but coming from Bell Kits is the Citroën C3 WRC. Mm, this looks cool. Wow. Yeah, that looks cool. I have to admit, I don't know if I want one, but mm. <laughs> the details certainly look like they're going to be there. So they have released the drawings, I think is the best way to put them, sketches sketches technical Technical drawings drawings of what this it's a it's a modern rally car uh but it looks really cool if you're into the modern rally cars that bell kits are doing i'm sure this is going to be another winner 
they do some really good kits. So I'm kind of excited to see what decals this one comes in, what liveries, uh, but uh, so far, definitely something that's kind of on my radar. Okay. New from a tallery. The one ninth scale Caviga Elephant 850 sponsored by Lucky Strike from the 1985 Paris Dakar Rally. I'm guessing this is a reissue, right? I'm not sure if this is a reissue or a new kit. Um, they came up with another version of these bikes. They got a couple of them on the market. I don't know too much about them. They're kind of vintage kits, uh, but they are very, very expensive. That's, what, that's how I'm going to say. Oh. I've okay. seen one locally and it's about a hundred bucks and that is just a little bit too much. Even here it's 55 euros. Yeah. By the time it gets here. Yeah. <laughs> one ninth is sort of an odd scale. Uh, it's between sort of the one six to me a special that I like and the one, uh, the one twelfth to me that uh, is the more common size. So these kind of, it's a little weird. Uh, I just finished the one eight scale triumph earlier this year and it's big and awkward, but not big enough to be overly detailed. So it's kind of in that weird spot as well. If you're into Dakar bikes, if I had money to burn, uh, definitely I would be <laughs> so into one of these, but, uh, that's unfortunately not what I have at the moment. So, um, uh, probably with a, with the cost, that's going to keep me out of it, but pretty cool kit. Okay, new from Heller is the Peugeot 205 or 205 Evo 2 16 Turbo 6 16, sponsored by Shell from the 1986 Tour de Course. Mm -hmm. I believe this is a reissue as well. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking, but it's Heller. It's going to be different. <laughs> to me, it did the 405s. If you want a 205 to go with it, uh, this is in the Pioneer colors. I think it is. I can't tell from here. Uh, but Sponsored by Shell. Sponsored by Shell. Doesn't that mean Shell is the major sponsor? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, the colors, though, with the blue and the stripes, maybe that's a Peugeot, but uh, they did a Pioneer. Uh, well, it's not Pioneer. It's It's got the Peugeot yeah. on the wing. They, they had one, and so I always assumed go. it was from that because they had camel versions, and they had, I think it was a Pioneer. Maybe it was a shell version as well for the 405s. Uh, this is a neat car. Uh, you can do a lot with it. You could do some. There are some aftermarket kits for this as well, or used to be last time it was around. Uh, the 205, nice looking car. I definitely like it. Okay. Believe it or not, somebody's issuing a photo etch set for the Scale Lab 24 is issuing the Porsche Panamera photo etch set for the Ravel kit that's been out, what, two years now? Better late than never. Yeah, I guess, but. It looks impressive, but <laughs> the price is impressive too, if memory serves. Well, that's not bad. 21 euros. <laughs> no, but that's bad enough. It's no different than your Mustang GT um, photo etch that you got from Scale Motorsports, right? That cost you about 50 bucks landed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Besides, I've got, I've got enthusiasm for the Mustang, so. I, I'm just surprised that. Uh, the Panam Panamera is selling that well that somebody's bringing out a two year later photo etch for it. But hey, mm -hmm. maybe it has a mm -hmm. cult following that I'm just not part of. Well, I see a fair bit of them around here. So. Really? Yeah, I'm an hour, 
I'm an hour, hour and change south of Montreal. So weekend tourists, I'm on a lake. There's people who own houses <laughs> that would might be defined as estates. <clears throat> and that was the, that was a Porsche for the family person with uh, back seats, right? If I remember correctly. Yes. It's an yeah. SUV. Well, it's not really yeah. an SUV, is okay. it? Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> oh, believe me. <laughs> you see one in a parking lot? It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> they may not be selling it as an SUV, but it is an SUV. Huh. See, now I'm going to have to look for it. Okay. I cool. thought it was just like a regular car with a big fat back end on it. Yeah, it is. It's just a regular car. Don't think so. Yeah. It's a regular car with a big fat back end on it. Yeah, but when you see it in person, it's a lot bigger than you think it is. Uh, it's a big car, yeah. But it's not the, because they have the SUV that is the raised version of that that's based on, what's it, the, the Tiguan. Or not the Tiguan. The, yeah. Uh, what's, what's. Volkswagen. It's the same thing. It's Tiguan. Tiguan. Yeah, true. Right, anyway, okay. I'm not sure I'd call it an SUV, but. So long as, so long as it's not based on yes. the Lamborghini. <laughs> you know what I've seen around here, which is really weird? Maserati now has an SUV. Haven't seen one. I've seen the Jaguar. No, Maserati. I've seen a couple of them around here, uh, which means that uh, BC house prices are so crazy that people can afford those. But uh, <laughs> they are so plain jelly bean SUVs. The grill's a little interesting on them, but from the back, you wouldn't tell. Is that? That's a Maserati. Anyway, uh, not very inspiring. I wouldn't want to buy a kid of one. But anyway, they are out there. So we yeah. move on. Pre-order from BMAX, the Lancia Delta S4 Martini Racing from the 1986 Monte Carlo Rally. Oh, this is a nice kit. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. And to go with it, there's a detail upset. In other words, photo etch. Cool. Uh, 49 euros for the kit. It's eh, not so bad. Yeah, that's, I don't know what that is. Probably about 70 bucks Canadian plus shipping plus yeah. the detail up kit. Cause of course you need to get one of those. Plus, 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 plus. Yeah. Plus. Spot model plus. can take some more of my money. <laughs> You're welcome. <clears throat> Pre-order from Tamiya, a 112 scale Honda NSR 500 team Honda bike. Number three. Mm-hmm. Factory colors. Yeah. Factory bike. Factory bike. What year is this? This uh, the back end on this looks uh, a little bit older. I'm just. It doesn't say the year on there. No, I didn't. Didn't see that. I'm guessing nineties. Yeah, it might even be earlier than that. Oh, eighties. Mm, that was my first guess. Eighties to nineties. Hard to tell. I'm just looking at the side view on the on, on the, the box, box art or whatever art. Yeah. Pretty neat though. Oh, that I'm not going to download the assembly instructions and see what it says, but it's no, out there. If no, you're into no. racing bikes from Japan, it's cool. Now, if you got lots of room, because this is one 12 scale new from Ravel, is a Mercedes Benz 300 SL Gullwing Coupe. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, but that takes up an awful lot of space. Yeah. That's my problem with it. Did you ever build the Tamiya one? I have the Tamiya one. Not built it yet. Not built it yet. Yeah, I'm kind of, I have the same one. I wonder how this works for. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how it compares. That's why I was kind of wondering. Yeah. Tamiya, it's it's always a tough, it's not cheap either, but it's going to be big. 
111 euros. Oh. That's at least 150 Canadian. 130 US. Yeah, like I said, 150 Canadian. Ouch. And then you got to play, then it costs you another 100 bucks for a display case to put it in. And maybe more for a piece of furniture to put that one big display case on. That's true. Actually, I'm just looking. It's got uh, pictures of the body. Looks like a very nice mm-hmm. body. I'm sure, but price. <laughs> oh man, size. And <sighs> I'll stick with my Timia one. It's going to fit in my collection yeah, that, a little bit better. But exactly. That's cool if you're into big scale stuff. You know, you're getting old and your eyes are starting to go. We need something bigger. I could see that coming. Okay. Round two. Did their video of April releases last week and oh boy. <laughs> We've got a the Big Rig Turbine Engine Parts Pack, which is the turbine engine from the GMC Astro Truck Cab from a long time ago. They actually issued the just the engine. Cool. I'll be in for one or two of these. Really? What would you use it for? Well, <laughs> I know the the Astros didn't. I don't think they ever actually made any production ones, but uh, I know American La France did. So that could be a very interesting conversion. Mm. All right. This is definitely a big rig specialty. Mm-hmm. 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 And I get I also guarantee you there's enough heavy truck modelers that are going to be buying it just because. Oh well, of course. Yeah. And I've I figure most uh truck kits come with some sort of engine in them. But I guess if you want to uh, <laughs> plug and play and swap different things in, hey, go for it. Cummins, Detroit, International, <laughs> Mac, <laughs> not cat. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, there are some cats too. Okay. Uh, 1967 Ford Mustang GT Fastback from AMT. I'm so busy thinking about the other one. I didn't actually look at the picture of this one. This is a, another re-release, isn't it? Yes, it is. I had the previous generation of that. Uh, was the previous one previous red? Release. No, I want to say it was black okay. or some dark color. Uh, I'm thinking of one. Is this the one that has the separate front clip on it? Mm, don't know. It has a separate trunk lid, though. Okay. Interesting. I have one of these on one of my other shelves, and I'm just trying to figure out if it's the same kit. I was trying to look at I could be off by a year or two. Mm-hmm. I, I just look at these and I see kind of Eleanor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can have Eleanor. Hmm. The Infinity front engine dragster is also coming out from round two. It is. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a front engine dragster. That's uh, sorry. Out of my interest. The Infinity was actually a rare kit, was it not? Yes, it was. That's, there's there's de- there's demand for it. So. Yeah, cool. I think this is one that I saw somebody build and everybody was commenting at how you actually built the original kit. It's worth so much money. Um, I think it was this one. Something like that. Definitely not in my wheelhouse, so I don't have much to say on it. Okay, the, the Ram Chargers, as in the Dodge engineers who <laughs> raced <laughs> Dodge products on their own, <laughs> the Ram Chargers AA Fuel Dragster is now up. Coming out I never knew too. that that's what Ram chargers were. Thank you for telling me. I learned something new. You, well, you, you, you seen the, what the 62, 63, 
64 Dodges with Ram trucks. Yeah, they were side. white with like red striping, I think, if I remember. Yeah, that's it. That's, those are, that's factory people. <laughs> well, not so much factory people even, but <laughs> we're talking about uh, the office people, the engineers who are designing the cars, were taking their time, their money, their energy, and going racing on the weekends. I hope they got a discount on parts. <laughs> well, they may have gotten considerable amount of support just out the back door, not out the front door, you know? <laughs> that would never happen. Never, never, never happen. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, sir. And one last one. Oh boy, here we go again. The Wacky Racers are yeah. back. This time it's the the Creepy Coop featuring the Gruesome Twosome. You just got to say that, don't you? It's kind of cool. Yeah, it, the, yeah. You're you're not a Wacky Racers fan. We have discovered this in the past. No, we're not. No, not so much, but the Gruesome Twosome. Yeah, okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could say it again, but I'm going to resist. You got, you got to get the whole thing. Creepy Coop featuring the gruesome twosome. The gruesome twosome. Yeah. And that all, and believe it or not, the gruesome twosome, that saying dates back into the 30s. <clears throat> yeah, anyway. So what's, what's <laughs> Ashima been up to this week, John? Oh, mother of, they, they carpet bombed us again. <laughs> We're not going to talk about everything here, guys, because once again, it's, I forgot, I didn't even count. There's just so much that they're reissuing again. Some of it's from some years ago. Some of it's only two or three years since it's been reissued. There's a combination of wheels, cars, whatever. Sometimes the wheels are, well, 14 inch. Other times the wheels are 19 inch. Hey, cool. We will put <sighs> links to will- everything on our website for the show notes. This is yeah. episode 60, so bottlecar.show slash podcast slash 060 will be where you can find all these. We're not going to talk about them, though, because we don't want to spend another hour talking about all the different Teoshima wheels and skylines and all the other fun things that come out. And yes, mm. for you bingo players at home, that was just for you. That was just for you, because it's going to get said anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's probably 50 different kits on here. Something Take a like look. That. Uh, we're not going to go through those. We'll we'll spare you that for this week anyway. Uh, we'll save that for another week where we don't have any content to talk about. Uh, but we'll, we picked out a few of them. John, what do we got? Uh, this is first starter is the Nissan KHG C211 Skyline HT 2000 Turbo GTES from 1981. Cool. What a mouthful. Yeah, this has that late 70s, early 80s, want-to-be-futuristic-looking square skyline. It is it is wild and almost looks like it's got some influences from, you know, the Torino and then I don't know where some of the other stuff it came from. But yeah, very square, very weird, and probably not one that you have in your skyline collection. You have the early stuff, mm. you have the... Later stuff, R32 on, maybe R31. This is right in the middle, and it's just weird and cool. That's debatable if it's cool, but oh, I, yeah, I like weird stuff. <laughs> Shall we move yeah, on? Yeah, let's move on. Ah, uh, the BLMCG slash HMG4 MGB Club Rally version from 1966. In other words, an MGB. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Off hard way to say it, but <laughs> I do believe this might be based on the original Airfix. Airfix and Aoshima share a tool 
on these. However, this version is quite rare. It hasn't been out for guessing 20 years, maybe even more than that. The link is to scale mates. Don't they tell you how long it's been? Since uh, 1994 now? was the last time the racing version was out. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is, I, I like this one. This is cool. And it has uh, new parts as well from it in there. So it's got um, some, it's a, uh, I can't remember if this one, the kit itself, you can actually build it, the stock version as a chrome bumper or a rubber bumper. This one is a chrome bumper and the chrome bumper also has the spotlights on it. So I'm very, very interested in seeing this one when it comes to a local store. Cause I have the, cool. I have the other ones. I have a, a chrome bumper and a rubber bumper, but uh, I could definitely add the, the racing version. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Land Rover LH 36 D Range Rover classic custom from 1992. I have to admit, I kind of like everybody's it. Range Rovers and Land Rovers are the hot new thing. I think that at the moment, lots of talk about it. This one is a classic Range Rover. Uh, it's a re-release, but it's pretty cool. I like it too. Okay. Oh, nice boy, box we... art on this one too. Yes, it actually, it looks good, doesn't it? I don't know what blue they've got yeah, on it. But. It's a, it's a very plain white, uh, Aoshima box art, but they've done a really good job with the image itself. Hmm, very nice. Okay. So we have a Liberty walks or LB works R35 GTR type 1.5. In other words, a skyline. <laughs> the North American skyline, the R35. Yeah. With a nose job. And a hood and job. A hood job and wheel arches. And wheels. Uh, and the wheels look like they're on funny. And this the is uh, as tricked out as you're going to get. So if you haven't had enough of these R35s yet, you can go get some really cool add-ons for this one. Mm-hmm. 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 So moving on, we have a, oh, a CRZ Mugen. That's actually kind of cool. And... Uh, yeah, that's not bad looking. The CRZ was one of the little kind of replacements to the Civic, I believe. Not so much the Civic, but the CRX, I think. Spir spiritual Survivor, let's put it that way. And it's uh, it's a hot hatch. Yeah, and it is pretty hot looking, yep. actually. I could see it being in some some other color aside from white on the box art, but... Yeah, no. <laughs> a strange little car, but uh, lots of fun. If you if you want a little hot hatch to add for your import class, definitely this would, this would do it. I like it. Mm -hmm. It's weird. What can I say? Oh, oh boy, he's weird. <gasps> I came out wrong. <laughs> That's fine, John. <laughs> That'll come back to haunt me, won't it? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Ah, in 120th scale, we have a Brabham BT-46 from the 1977 prototype. Mm -hmm. This was the prototype version that never raced. So exactly. they had done something interesting with the cooling. They did not have the traditional... Radiators. Yeah, sorry, uh, the <laughs> traditional ducts in the front, the radiators. It's a low-profile car. Uh, this one I don't think ever raced, but that's what makes it interesting is that it is... Uh, sort of the prototype car and just a little bit different than the version that actually raced. 77, the cars just look so cool. 
I treated myself last week, John. Uh, it was the first mm-hmm. race of Formula One this year. And I haven't watched ah. Formula One in a long time. So I treated myself to the yearly subscription for all the races. Uh, and wow. That's not cheap. I don't know what it costs, but I know it's not uh, it's cheap. 80 bucks US. So it was, it's not cheap, but it's not bad. I got, I tried the first one. They have a seven day free trial and uh, I watched the first one for free and decided I'll see if I like it or not. Uh, My wife actually sat down with me and watched the entire race and enjoyed it. And I thought, you know what, if I can get racing and uh, quality time with the wife, this might be a good thing. Saturday night night. Well, Sunday morning date night, because (laughs) you know, that's when they tend to run. I also found that the racing was really good. Um, do you watch uh, a Drive to Survive? I think it is a Netflix, Netflix series. Nope. Oh. They do a, a series. It's the third year now where they go along and watch the Formula One and do sort of a, I think it's like an eight, 10 part series on what happened. Not so much focusing on the racing, but what happened behind the race. And it's been very interesting. And I just watched that and was kind of excited. So I dropped some money on it. So anyway, Formula One is back on my menu. And I'm kind of excited by the BT46 because I'm excited about Formula One at the moment. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Uh, The Fujimi Shelby Cobra 427SC. This is a re-release, but this Mm -hmm. kit is absolutely gorgeous. It is it? really okay. is. I had a friend that did a candied version of this many years ago when it first came out. Probably came out in the early 2000s and is just, uh, yeah, 2002 is the initial release. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous kit. If you want a good quality Cobra kit, this one I would not hesitate to recommend for you. Okay. And to go along with it, we have an actual racing version of the car. The the kit as the number 91 car. Mm-hmm. And this uh, slightly different. Mm-hmm. The windshield. <laughs> no headless. rounded, I think, that because there's no um, bumpers on it, it's also a little different as well. Actually, I don't think it has bumpers on the front one, but I think the body's slightly different. Looks it, but it looks more curvaceous, but it shouldn't yeah. be. Anyway. Might just be the way they present it on the box art, but it looks pretty good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Lamborghini Murcielago. Mm-hmm. I built this one when it came out, and this was a kit that fought me the whole way, mostly because of paint problems. Oh, dear. Oh. I actually finished this one last year, and I did some decals on it to cover up some paint. You know, one of those lessons I learned, uh, never paint with the last unavailable paint that you've got. I had... <laughs> One can, an old Tamiya, I think it was a PS line, was a particular color. And then I had a problem with the paint and I could not get any extra paint to finish it off. So I did some carbon fiber decals on it and screwed them up because I left the tape on too long. Oh, very frustrating. Comedy, comedy. Yeah. So that's one that will never see the light of day apart from on my shelf. Mm, It happens. More than we care to admit to. Yes, unfortunately. Ah, uh, the Lamborghini Gallardo SE. Uh, another re-release from 2006, but it is another very, very nice looking kit. 
uh, just sits right when it's built. So I do recommend this one as well. And that's it. Cool. <laughs> Porsche 911 GT three R. Yeah. The GT three R, if you're going to do a Porsche apart from the one that I'm putting on my workbench next, this is the Porsche to build. The GT three ah. is, it's like, you know, every car has a part where it's just perfect. And to me, the GT three was kind of it for Porsche. It looked like an old style Porsche, but it had all the, the new style performance in there, 2011. So not that long ago, the newer Porsches are a little more aerodynamic and, uh, yeah, this was just a really, really good look as far as Porsches go. And we know how I am on Porsches usually, so we can move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. BMW GT three from 2012 with etching parts. Hmm. Photo etch in the yep. box. The GT3, the Z4 GT3. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> I missed that. Uh, that makes all the difference. It is a fantastic looking kit. I've I've got this kit. I've oogled it many times that I want to build it. Uh, it is a really, really nice looking kit. It's low, it's wide. It's, it's just really what a GT3 car should look like. Not particularly detailed, but mm. uh, it's glad to, I'm glad to see that it's back out in circulation. Okay. Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG GT3. Mm. The Mercedes version is the same car, basically, or, might, or built to compete against it. Yeah, this may have been a little bit later. It's 2013 original tool. Yeah. Very low, wide. Very powerful. If you're into German cars for GT3, this is a good one, and it's got all the initials, too. SLS AMG GT3. <laughs> I think it needs a yeah. few more, but uh, hey, we're we're going with the with the rhyming scheme here. There you go. A Porsche Cayman Cayman S with window frame masking seal. The Cayman is their Boxster with a roof. I yep. love this car. I drove one, but uh, oh, have you? Cool. Yeah, it was a, a friend of mine had one. They're kind of the how do you say it? The cheap nine eleven. You know, they're about mm -hmm. half the price of a 911 Turbo. They are extremely responsive. So I have kind of a soft spot for it. Still looks like a Porsche, though. Uh, and it looks kind of like a... Uh, the Pointing in the front, round in the yeah, back. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, it's a cute little car if you're into those. Uh, again, nice, nice little kit for it. The Lotus Esprit S1. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this. Let me guess. I'm costing you money again. Yeah. So this was a 2016 release that I never knew about. Hmm. Well, that's what the pot, that's what the podcast is for. We're here to do this. Yeah, we weren't here in 2016. <laughs> this is cool. It's the typical James Bond style kit. I built, what was it? The Airfix version of this, which is, mm -hmm. let's call it crude. <laughs> is that is that being a little polite? I mean, <laughs> I'm on a podcast, so I don't want to have to edit and beat myself out. So, okay, uh, I know that they did the Bond car submarine. I did not realize they also did it as so. They did the submarine in 2015, and then they did the road car version in 2016. So I knew about the submarine, but I did not know they had done this. So I'm I'm mm. kind of excited by this one. 
Yeah. You're I, slipping. I'm getting old. You're slipping. Mm. Oh, boy. I, I might actually look for, for that one. I'm going to have to do some digging and find out where that might come in. Okay. Uh, 2015 Lamborghini Aventador Super Veloce. I'm so impressed with the way you say that. Thank you. <laughs> I would not have got there. We would have just been going with the initials. Oh, SV? SV. Technically, it's a Lamborghini Aventador LP754 Super Veloce. Dash 4. Because I'm four. sure that means something. Excuse me. I'm assuming that's four-wheel drive, I think. That's what I'm thinking it means. Yes, yeah, four-wheel mm-hmm. drive. Beautiful looking kit. Hmm. It's red. How, what's not to like? It's red on the box art. Uh, Lamborghinis don't have to be red. It's only Ferraris that have to be red. Oh, okay. But yes, I might actually paint this red if I went there. I, another cool kit. Uh, good to see that out again. Rebox from 2017. So Ayashima's bringing out some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, a Volkswagen Beetle 1303 from S from 1973. Oh, boy. That's almost as old as us, John. I rode in one. <laughs> I think an ex-girlfriend of mine had one of these, and it was a Flintstone mobile. If you pushed hard enough, your feet could go down and you could pen, pedal on the ground. Oh, boy. I could tell you stories about riding in an uncle's, but... <laughs> Interesting. So I'm trying to look at this. This has been sort of around in one version since 1978. Oh my no, uh, Aoshima. Well, oh, it was originally an Amai tool. Ah, then it went to Scalecraft, okay, okay. and then in 2006, Aoshima got it. Atelier has issued it in 2016. And then it's back at Ayashima again. Boy, this car has been around. Yeah, I guess. Holy Toledo. However, there are not too many early Volkswagens around. Well, it's not that early. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. The early cars are split split rear windows. Yeah, from this era though, it's got, uh, looks like it's got mini lights on it and if the box art is anything to go by, it could be a nice looking kit. I've never, I don't think I've seen it. I don't know too much about it, hmm. but I have the Tamiya. So I'm happy. That's all the early beetle I need. That's the Tamiya happens to be what I came home from the hospital in. So my first car ride. And how much of that do you remember? <laughs> None. <laughs> that's good. If you said some, I was going to get really freaked out. <laughs> I just was told. I remember being told when I was very young. <laughs> Put two and two together. I didn't even know what color it was. It was Neptune blue. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Speaking of weird little cars, what's the next one, John? Oh, John's favorite weird little car. The Mazda PG65A AZ-1 from 1992. The AutoZam. So why is this one your favorite? Yeah, we've talked about it before, but yeah, I just love the look of that. Don't know. It's just. Cute. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yes, it really is. A little bug-eyed, surprised look to it. Surprised look with that scoop, the Naka duct up between up uh, up against the windshield, and yeah, probably good performance in this fun. little car too. It doesn't take much to <laughs> to have performance in that little car. Mm-hmm. And just to go along with your little car fetish. Oh. The Honda PP1 Beat from 1991. 
Convertible, uh, isn't it? A little it? convertible. Yes. It's cute. There's no questions asked, but not as good. Not to me, not as much to me as the autos I am. I actually built the beat. Uh, I just remembered that many years ago. Mm. Interesting. I think I did it in a purple color, so. Ooh, different. There you go. That tells you how uh, how old I was when I built, built that one many years, a few years back. 1991. <laughs> it probably wasn't that long, but it was, uh, it was, yes, anyway. To go with your yeah. well-traveled Beetle, what else do they have? There's also a 1303S Cabriolet from 1975. That looks like it is actually somewhat related to the other kit, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which do you prefer, convertible or hardtop? I've never seen a convertible in person, so I'll have to go with hardtop. Oh, really? Top. Okay. They're... Yeah. Up till recently, they were pretty big around here. People still keeping them alive. You know, it's Vancouver. You can yeah. actually put the top yeah. down, you know, for, for three or four days in the summer. <laughs> I haven't seen a Beetle. Oh, man. I think the last time I saw a Beetle was in the 90s or early 2000s at a cousin's in uh, Drake at Massachusetts. Wow, long time ago. There is one. The owner of the company I work for has one. Mm-hmm. So I saw one not too long ago. Yeah, it's also so. got a T two fan as well. Oh, that a couple of years ago, I knew there was one for sale in town. It was orange. <laughs> uh, this one's kind of a yellow or orange too, I think. But anyway, uh, this this one's you've seen the box art for the reveal mm-hmm. kits. That orange. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right, and then we get a couple of bikes to close up our. Yeah, close up the new kits or the new releases, whatever you want to call this. The Honda Monkey Custom, the Takagawa version two. Mm-hmm. The Monkey and the Gorilla are both out. So we could. And the Gorilla. They're yes. basically similar bikes, slightly different size engines, I believe. Or... Yeah, the Monkey is the small engine, the, the Gorilla is the bigger I engine. I think is the way that worked. Yeah. So uh, cool mm-hmm. to see those back out there as well. They are really releases and uh, they're, they're fun little bikes. And that's it. That's all we're going to talk about. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> There's probably another 35 kits that we didn't talk about. That'll be in the show notes. So go there and check them out. I showed John that he didn't yeah, waste any please. time doing all that homework. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't feel like a waste of the time. <laughs> John. Oh, mm. let the barbarians at the gate again. Well, Am I leading? Am I leading the charge again? Let's talk about how we do things, because <laughs> I've sort of had a week to think about some of these these bombshells that John dropped last last week. Last time, what, two, weeks two weeks ago. ago. Well, I felt like last week. Just how differently <laughs> we do things, and actually, I got some feedback. John is not alone, so I'm kind of curious mm. what everybody else does as well. So I am leading. So I am leading the charge. Is what that's all it's doing mm-hmm. for me. I want to, I want to kind of question, not necessarily what you do, but the why. So we disagree about washing parts. I wash bodies. When? Uh, I will do all the body prep necessary, including filling, sanding, whatever. Then I wash it, dry it with my compressor. Mm -hmm. 
and then paint. And every time after every paint, it gets polished, sanded, whatever, it gets washed, dried again before it sees paint again. So I'm curious, why do you choose not to wash your components? Well, in general, I've, I want the highest quality paint I can get on the body. The rest of it, eh, I mean, honestly, yeah, okay, we paint the engines. So did the factory. Do you think the factory really cares about the quality of the paint job on the engine? Or the quality of the paint job on the chassis components? You've never had any problems. Never had any problems with paint not adhering. Now that I've said this, especially that I've said it so publicly, guess what's going to happen on my next build? <laughs> <laughs> I have jinxed myself. Probably. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious because mm -hmm. I, you know, I've seen kits that come that have mold release agent on them. You can, you know, those little blue, uh, brown parts that get into the crevice. Yep. I, I can recall seeing that a long time yeah, ago. I've seen that. And that's where I got into okay. the part of before I start anything, I want to ensure there's no contamination on anything from the body right through to all of the parts. I want to clean the windshield so that I can then polish them if necessary or wax them, whatever I want to do. And I just, I, I take out the risk factor and I'm, I was really surprised that you don't. No, I was okay. also surprised that you do your prep work before you before you clean your body because mine gets cleaned before and then before I do my final paint as well. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. It was interesting. Washing bodies is something I wasn't doing 10 years ago either. Wow. I, so. <laughs> have you ever had problems with fish eyes or anything like that? Once, once that I can recall. I've, I had a few of those, so. That's why I'm very religious about washing my parts very, very closely. Yeah, I, I totally get it, but not, not how you work. work. <laughs> All right. Is it just too much work or just something you've never done? And I just something I've never done. I've never, because I've never had any problems, you know, with paint quality, not being acceptable on an engine or chassis or whatever. I don't see what I need to do it for. All right. There you go. There you have it. What do you do? Are you like me? Do you wash your parts or do you just go like John wild barbarian at the bench? Um, so my process on that one is a little different because I actually have a particular plastic tub that I put into the sink. I have a set of tools on it from nail brushes, you know, so I can get into the crevices and get every, get all the junk out. I have some toothbrushes in there and several different uh, drying implements, let's call it. You dry your parts dry with parts. air. Mm -hmm. Do you do that right after you wash them or do you? I wash them. I shake the water off, put it in the, uh, my dish drying rack until I'm, uh, done all the parts that are getting washed today. Then they get taken to the workshop and fire up the compressor and blow mm. them off. Wow. So different. And you're not worried about any contamination coming through your air compressor at all. No. All right. I might be, I might be now, but <laughs> I wasn't before. Yeah. <laughs> so you've jinxed yeah. me now. Uh, you don't get any um, water spots or anything like that. No, because I blow off all the water. Mm. 
I keep going until the parts are 100% dry. It's so different than what I do. Our water never gets to dry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you don't wash your clear stuff, so that's not going to have a problem with, with water spots anyway. Exactly. Hey, there you go. That's how you avoid water spots. You just don't wash anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, John. John, I'm getting it. It's a shortcut. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> just how I've always been. Ah, interesting. I wonder what everybody else does. Be nice if we actually got feedback on this one. <laughs> uh, preparing parts. Now this, this one, this was the part where you just horrified me last time. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Think your draw hit the floor? Pretty much, <laughs> yep. You cut everything off the sprue and put it in a Tupperware container. Yep. Mm. So. Mm. You have feelings about that, don't you? I, I do. I was actually thinking about it. I don't know if you were on the stream yesterday when I was uh, giving you a shout out. I was putting decals on a part that I had mounted on the sprue. I'd painted it. It was still on the sprue. It was a small part. No, I, I wasn't there because if I had seen that, I would have said, oh. <laughs> yeah, no. The sprue mount is on the bottom, so nobody's ever going to see it. You know, it's it's not a big sprue. Again, this is a this yeah. is a Tamiya kit. This is not a Ravel kit. Full body shiver. Just, right. It's it's so easy for you know keeping everything organized yeah. until you go. You know which part is which. You don't have to worry about mixing it left and right where you have different parts. But then you have to clean up the mold, the parting lines, and you have to clean up the, hmm, clean up the part where you came off the sprue, and then you got to paint it again. Well, that depends. Depends on what it is. But yeah, you do. It's not too, not too much work to do that. A little bit of. The cleanup of the parts, though. Bad. The cleanup of the parts is easy. You do that on the sprue. Yeah. Is this something? Now, I'm going to challenge you on this one. If you're dealing with like a Tamiya kit, do you pull everything off the sprue for a Tamiya kit as well? Yes. How do you know which is left and which is right? I generally, the parts, you can tell what's left and what's right. If you can't on the gluing surface of the part, I, you know, let's say one is part 35, one is part 36. On one of those parts, I will make sure that I put, well, part 35 will get a little five inscribed onto the gluing surface. Mm. So, yeah, problem solved. That seems like a whole bunch of extra work. Not to me. All right. Um, with the Tamiya stuff, though, you need to do a lot less cleanup of your parts. Would you agree with that or not? I would definitely agree. Which yeah. is perhaps why, for me, that builds predominantly Japanese European kits less of a concern than the North American kits where you've got so much junk yeah, to deal go build, with. Go build a few vintage AMT muscle car kits and we'll see how, what you're doing. Then. I, even that I, you know, I tend to batch things together, uh, you know, in a way that I know what my, my plan to building is. So I don't have to worry about, uh, getting everything confused. I, I'm just, I'm just really surprised, but I, I know, I know you're not alone on this. It just never occurred to me to cut everything off and put it in, in a box and then 
try to paint it. Probably caused you a whole body shiver when you. Uh, yeah, that. yeah, it did. Um, so on on your uh, mirror that you just finished, you did the same process. Uh, for the most part, there were a few pieces of like, wait, whoa, where does this go? What does this do? And they're virtually identical. We'll leave them aside for the moment. We'll then we'll mm -hmm. deal with them. Do you batch paint everything that comes into your box at once? Generally, yes. Okay, yeah. maybe that's why. Well, I mean, for example, you know, if a suspension, there's two or three parts that you should glue together or can glue together before painting, that'll get glued together before painting. Like with an engine, too, it'll get glued together completely, or at least as much as I can, the block, the transmission, the cylinder heads, the water pump, the intake, yeah. the intake manifold, and then paint yeah. it. Oh, I completely agree. I build sub-assemblies, and that's why I was kind of... The next question that I've got is, is there any special order to how you build, particularly for sub-assemblies and things like that? Do you do you traditionally? I know you used to paint all the bodies and put them back in the box. Yeah, that that's I haven't done that in a nowadays. Long time. Though, do you have a process, any special way that you attack a build? Clean up the body parts first. <laughs> Generally, start on the body before and get a head start on the body before I start doing the mechanicals and the interior, all the other goodies like that. Because you know, if you you clean up all clean up all your mold lines, let's assume there's no sink marks. You clean up all your mold lines, smooth everything to to what you want. Go give it a wash. Then you primer. If I'm not using Tamiya paint, you use primer, <laughs> and then go on by there. You know, you're looking at two, three, four days, conceivably, if not more, before you get it where you want it. In the meantime, while the paint's drying, oh, I can be building the axles or the engine block and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than having all the chassis built up and then you screw up the body. Well, yeah, there's that too, isn't there? <laughs> Been there, done that many oh. times. No, 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 no. That's why I, I'm much the same way. I get the paint onto the body before I even really do much onto chassis and the engine and all that first, just because otherwise it could be lost time. And time is sort of my enemy having enough time to build, which is kind of what I, why I've scheduled time in, but, uh, very, very interesting, John, Thank very you. interesting. When you, when you build, do you follow? Cause I, I noticed yesterday mm -mm. I was all over the place finishing off this Peugeot. I was on step 10, step 14 and step 18 all at the same time. Do you go as per the instructions? Or do you jump around as well? Generally, I follow the instructions. But sometimes with some kits, you can't. You know, you, <laughs> if you're going to do this, well, you need to do that first and so forth and so on. And hmm. I mean, the Quality Cares Thunderbird is, uh, you know, that, that's that's a race car. That's a little bit different rules than normal. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I, I was kind of mentioning that is I'm doing some things like I'm working on the chassis. I'm working on the interior. And I'm also working on the exterior of the car at the same time. And they're all different, different parts in, in the production cycle. But I'm trying to minimize the number of trips. And you might not have this problem because you're all contained in one spot. But I don't want to be up and down the stairs trying to paint one part at a time. I want to try to oh, no, batch gosh, things no. up so that I can come back and 
finish off. Okay, if I do this color on this uh, this subassembly and this color over here, this fit works on the interior, and this part on the outside, I've got everything taped up. I've got all my trim work done. I can do a flat black into these three different places. And is that something you have a problem with, or your layout may be a little more conducive to straightforward building? I prefer to paint uh, paint it paint all at once. It's as simple as that. And then put them back in the box. Yeah, put them back in the box and go from there. Wow. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Primer. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I do prime. <laughs> Sometimes. More times than not. A lot more times than not. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I yeah. know that you say you, when you shoot with Timia, you don't. And I've gotten some spectacular paint job by doing it like that too. Is every paint job spectacular? More often than not, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, do you do many paint jobs twice? I'm just curious. No, 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 no. All right. Interesting. So you're taking a body that, well, I guess, I guess your body has been washed once after you've done your work. Gets washed after recoat of paint. Remember that too. Uh, Primer. Color, polish, wash, prop, you know, more, more color. Mm-hmm. Just repeat. So, so you wash all on all the interior or on all the intermediate coats then. Yep. But no priming. Not always anyway. 99, 98, 99% of the time I prime. All right. I thought it was less than that. So I'll, no, I'll no, let no, you no, off no, then. No, 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 no. Every so often I get bold and try something different. But okay. generally I prime. I was just having all these um thoughts of your like how do you do your paint job without prime? With Tamiya, very easily, but mm. Mm. I disagree. But anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so priming's good. Priming's mm-hmm. a good thing. What priming do you use for good. remind me, what do you use for primer? Duplicolor. Ugh. Okay, maybe you're better off not priming. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I know other people have not had good results with it. I have good results with it. It's decanted and airbrushed on. Why Duplicolor? Because I can find it at the local stores. Hmm. Big can, lots, not a lot of money. I know it's the one thing I cheap out on. I probably shouldn't, but. Hmm. Well. If your if your choice is prime with cheap or not prime at all, maybe it's that's a better the two evils. I guess so. I guess if you're airbrushing at a low pressure, it's probably not too bad. But uh, yeah, all right, interesting. There's another full body shutter from Justin. In other words, let's just say Justin has not had the same luck with Duplicolor that John has. Okay. All right. Unless you really like crazing your plastic. Mm-mm. Haven't done that. Last time I took crazed plastic was when Ravel moved things to China and the Chinese wouldn't admit to adjusting the formula of the plastic. I guess it was pretty soft for a while there. Yes, it was. (laughs) It didn't like much of anything. I didn't have a problem with Tamiya, but you know, just saying. (laughs) But were you trying to build a, a then current model, brand new Corvette in some Corvette only, you know, in a factory color? Tammy doesn't do factory colors. <laughs> not for North American stuff anyway. Oh, not for North American stuff. No. But anyway, cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
What's your procedure for polishing, waxing, and painting trim work? Polishing, waxing, painting trim work? Or I guess that's a uh, trim for you would be bare metal foiling. <laughs> Generally, it gets waxed before the bare metal foil goes on, but I also apply a bit more wax when I bare when I'm at when I'm polishing the bare metal foil down afterwards, mm-hmm. buffing it down because that that improves the adhesion of the product. So it only makes sense to do that. Sometimes it'll leave a little adhesive behind on the body color where you don't want it. And, well, a little bit of wax, a little bit of elbow, elbow grease, and off it comes. Polishing, polishing. As I said, I polish after every coat of color. Followed by wash it, followed by more coat until more until I get to the point where I'm happy with it, and then it gets polished one more time with a polishing pad. Then I switch to Scratch X 2.0, I believe it is, by McGuire's. That's uh, a purple jug, right? No it's, no, it's black. Black. Okay, that's a black container. All right, uh, and I have one of the Scratch X. I thought it was purple, but maybe that's no. just me. It's on a little tube. You. It stands on the the cap. Okay. Now I have uh, more of a, uh, like a polish type. You pour it out mm-hmm. in it from the, from a lid at the top. Okay. That's cool. Might be the original scratch exit. Might not be the 2.0. I've had it for a while. Couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Automotive size stuff works last years for model car guys. Yeah. That's probably why I'm still on the original scratch X stuff rather than the new mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. So is there anything in your procedure, which is obviously superior because you get really good paint jobs that you would recommend to everybody? Is there anything you would suggest been cautious about? Now be careful, be careful with your polishing because it is, because especially <laughs> I've learned with my Grex, it's very easy to polish through the light coat of paint that it will put on the car for me. So <laughs> I've learned I have to be more gentle with my polishing, with the polishing pads. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you aren't sanding your body before you start with primer, what are you bothering for? <clears throat> you need to sand the body. Prep the body, you know, just imagine it's a full-size car. Any of the car, the custom car shows on TV, like Ken Diggett, they polish, they, they're, they're polishing, sanding the body beforehand to equalize everything, to smooth it all out. Try it once and see if you don't see the difference. Now, I'm, I'm curious on your intermediate coats. You say you polish. What level do you polish to? What grit? Uh, 3200. Wow, Start with it, finish with it. That's pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Do you have any problems with adhesion of the secondary coats? Because at no. that point, you're making it very smooth. I guess it could be worse 4,000 and up, but uh, I, I'm kind of curious because I like having a little bit of tooth in my base coat. Nope, I've never had any problems with it peeling off. You're just lucky, John. I'm saying. <laughs> it's either that or I've hit on the secret formula. Uh, it might be that too. Mm. Uh, my secret formula is don't do it in front of an audience. <laughs> Things will droop. Oh, <laughs> they will. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Interesting. So I, we want to know what, what do you do? How do you do it differently? Is it uh, more like John, more like myself? Am I putting too much thought and effort into each one of these? Because we, we do things so differently. 
mm-hmm. um, which one is your preference? And do you have any tips for us that we can include that we haven't thought of? Because I'm sure there's a middle ground that we haven't thought of yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is. So let, let us know. Reach out to us. Tell us. We're very, very interested. I'm very interested. Hmm. More so I can correct John. But anyway. <laughs> you need to beat the barbarians off the gate. Exactly. Or off the bench or whatever we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Reminders. Let's move on to our reminders. The next monthly build day is coming up next Saturday, April the 10th. I will Twitch stream, live stream a couple of hours of that. I've kind of committed to doing Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, which is kind of interesting. Watch me screw things up. Uh, Live changes the dynamic (laughs) quite a bit. Um, I'd love your feedback too. Uh, Thanks very much for everybody that came along. John, tell me about your new thing. What are you up to? Well, I've decided to be brave, bold, crazy. Uh, don't know, but I'm starting my own YouTube channel. Very cool. Could be. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see which one it is <laughs> shortly. And that is what, the address for that to search on. It. It's, on it's on YouTube. I'm as the Canam Garage, capital C A N, capital A M, one word, garage with a space, garage, capital G on the garage. Mm-hmm. So look for that, uh, John's, when, when are you planning on having some content for people to watch? Mm, there's some content now, but I may redo it and it's not what I have right now isn't public. So it may get redone in the next few days. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So there's, there's content, but you can't see it is what John's saying. Yeah, that's right. But you will be able to see something shortly. <laughs> shortly. All right. So, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe John can film something when he's working at his bench next week on our monthly build day. That's an idea. And show something up there. What kind of stuff do you think you're going to be putting up there, John? I know it's early in your development cycle. Well, I, my original first video described, talks about me, talks about my plans for the channel and about our first project together, the Revell 1969 and a half Dodge Coronet Super B 446 pack car with all the aftermarket goodies I've acquired for it. Cool. And you're, you're going to stick with one build and highlight that build, or are you going to jump back and forth? No, there will be, I will jump back and forth, not necessarily between builds, at least not at first, but there's a few other ideas. You know, everybody talks about how to build. Yeah, but there's also tools. Do you know how to use all the tools properly? Uh, apparently neither one of us does, according <laughs> to the argument that we just had. <laughs> True. <laughs> we may not. <laughs> All right, so you'll know to watch those and where to uh, give John your rants at uh, the fact he doesn't always use primer or that he doesn't wash his parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can-Am Garage on YouTube. We Once we have a link to John's public channel, we'll have that in as well. But uh, for now, just go ahead and search it. Give him a like, subscribe to watch what he does, and give him some support. There you go. Thank you so much to our sponsors and patrons. I would like to particularly thank two people that joined us this time. Forrest Trim just became a regular patron and also Harold Levitt. And we really appreciate your support. Uh, Don't forget, if you are a patron, you can get your own custom model car podcast bingo card. Uh, Shout outs for the winners for future episodes will be on the show. And we're going to figure out uh, some sort of draw for a prize uh, down the line. So uh, keep listening. The bingo is quite simple. 
you listen for the common terms that we use. And if you can make a bingo on your card, hey, you're right. Uh, just out of curiosity, what's the bingo? What? How does it work for the bingo? Is it one line vertically, horizontally, or diagonally? Or do you have to fill the whole card or what? Uh, no, I was thinking it was just one line, but uh, I haven't played bingo in a while. so I haven't played bingo in a while. I just know that some bingos work where you have to fill the whole card. No, that's uh, not practical with okay. uh, uh, unless we go through the other 35 Aoshima stuff uh, and talk for another three hours. Uh, in this case, uh, come up with a line. We'll figure it out. And that, you know, it, I've seen the original cards. It's, it's all, it's common stuff. It's things that do get mentioned here on the podcast quite often. So. And it's for fun. That's all. Yeah. That's for fun. We're yeah. having fun with it. Thank you so much to our Patreon producer level sponsors for this episode. They include Chris Martin, Pat Redmond, Alex Thomas, Mickey Gerace, Scale Finishes, Classic Truck Model Magazine, Ryan Voyer, Rick Henderson, and Elm Street Hobbies. You can find our notes on our website, which is modelcar.show. Until next time, and more Aoshima releases, if we're not careful. Say yeah. goodbye, John. Goodbye, John.